Oh, Scott. Guess what we have coming to Kane's Ballroom here in uh, lovely Tulsa, Oklahoma this month. Maybe we should have a remote from this. We have a USA qualifier for the World Breakdancing Classic. Really? That's going to take place over at Kane's Ballroom. Colby, you want to come down for a little? Uh, yes, I'm in. <laughs> well, that's going to be the Olympics in 28, so. I'm in. Let's the do it. 16th. Let me see what day. You know what? I think that might actually be the day that I'm leaving to go to. That's a Saturday. <laughs> is that when you're going to Atlanta? That's when I'm going to Atlanta. Yeah. <laughs> 16th is Saturday. The, the Tahoe is rented. We're. <laughs> yeah. So, by the way, I won't be here on that Monday and Tuesday. So, because I'm, <laughs> I'm going to, to Atlanta. So, I'll miss the uh, reaction to the NCAA tournament. But we'll be back for the first round of games. Yeah, with some, uh, I'll just read you quote for quote here. With some of the world's most respected breaking and hip-hop practitioners coming to Tulsa, we're tapping in to the minds of a few special guests. Staying gold, breaking's staying power beyond the games, an interactive panel discussion just before the world break, breaking classic USA qualifier. It will spore the... Global impact of breakdancing break from street corners to the Olympic stages. That's right, because it's in the Olympics this year, right? 28. It'll 28. be 28. All right. yeah. I don't know if it's a demonstration. So what's this qualifier for then? What, the world championships or whatever? Oh, I'm taking USA all the way, baby. USA, USA, breakdancing. I was always... F- was everyone else fascinated by the breakdancing? Oh, no, it will be 24. Okay, I up? think it was 28. Okay, all right. So it will be in Paris. So the road to Paris goes through Tulsa and the Canes Ballroom. I'm I'm in. Scott, they're probably going to send you to shoot that from TV, so you already know it. You're good. <laughs> was anyone else fascinated by breakdancing when you were growing up? Well, that's what I was going to ask. So is Ozone and Turbo and Shabadoo going to be there? <laughs> Uh, the things that you never expect to get dropped as references in an afternoon. Break into electric I, boogaloo. I never thought a break into electric boogaloo reference would uh, would be here on this. Uh, but yet here we are. Okay, uh, I do have audio because I wanted to make sure that we that we played this. Um, let me see if I can find it here. Got to go to my profile because I do want to play the audio for you that we just talked about from a few moments ago. Not breakdancing. Not breakdancing. But this is Tyler Owens. You might know him from a little school out in West Texas known as Texas Tech. Where Texas Tech Tyler Owens at the NFL Combine, as Colby mentioned, projecting to run a 4-2, projected to post the fastest 40 at this year's NFL Combine in general, said that he doesn't believe in something. And also, all right, I'll just let the audio play for you. You guys are discussing that you don't believe in. No, I don't believe in space. I'm like, I don't believe in space. I think, like, we're strong right now. I don't believe in, like, playing this. So if you can't hear, because he's not trying to eat the microphone or next to the microphone, he says, quote, I don't believe in space or, quote, other planets and things like that. 
What, what, what led you to that point to believe that? Um, well, like, I really, I thought he believed in, like, the Helios introduction. Like, he's a flower and stuff, but then, like, I started seeing, like, Flat Earth stuff, and I'm like, they were just kind of interesting, and they started bringing up valid points. So he started reading about Flat Earth stuff and felt that they brought up, quote, valid points. <laughs> The comments in this are the absolute best. Every single person, like here's one that's like, JC, this guy went to college. <laughs> Another one, brother, you can look up and see other planets. <laughs> Someone else is like, is this part of a no child left behind situation? Um, Does he think he's in the Truman Show? It, uh, maybe, though, my favorite one. My favorite one that had a response to this post is someone that basically said, good, I want my DBs to be locked in, not pondering the cosmos. Bravo to you. <laughs> because if I'm going to draft him, I indeed do not want my defensive back that I just spent a, uh, a high draft pick on thinking about anything other than trying to be a lockdown corner. The phrase... <laughs> Flat Earth stuff also has me intrigued because we've all stumbled across Flat Earth stuff, mainly because of Kyrie a few years ago Kyrie, yeah. on TikTok. And I'm here to tell you, I I don't fall into the category of says that they, quote, brought up valid points. There has not been one point in time where I felt like that there's been any valid point. I swear to God, I... I want to learn more about Tyler Owens now. And if this does anything, I think this opens the door to more questions and maybe a, a visit on a podcast or two that allows him the opportunity to enlighten us all about what valid points that they're actually bringing up. I was going to say, why was there not a follow-up to, like, what what name one of the valid points? Yeah, I know. And I don't, I, I don't think there was a massive group around him, so... Maybe this was the opportunity that was that was completely missed. And uh, if we don't get a follow-up with more information on it, then I need to find who his agent is and reach out to his agent because I need this kid on the, on the radio program <laughs> like tomorrow. Uh, Steven had a, a good point off of Twitter. He's like, you know what? Dude, Tyler Owens would fit right in at the Jets. Yes, yes, he would. <laughs> you put him in that crazy-ass locker room that the Jets have. And we'll be, we would be good to go. I, I love it when we find out things like this. Uh, one thing that we didn't get to today that I was going to bring up uh, is more on the Diamond Sports Group that is hanging by a thread right now as Amazon gets set to salvage what's left of them. As we said before, it looks like that they had basically a magic trick they've pulled a magic trick to be able to survive uh amazon came along with a 115 million dollar investment it still needs to be approved by the bankruptcy courts um 18 regional sports networks covers 38 mlb nba and nhl teams uh it patrick crates a former fox sports executive has been somewhat saying that, hey, I got a feeling like like this is going to get done. And he said the problem, though, that 
RSN has created the regional sports networks is that it's going to take like a half decade or so to sort out where everyone's going with some of their media rights. And he thinks the margins for some of these companies, like for Diamond, for all the regional sports networks, they'll eventually be okay. Um, But regional sports networks were 50% profit margins. And he said the problem is they got to get that down to around 10. And he does feel like that Amazon is absolutely going to bring them down to this point. Um, And that they're going to be in a much better position now to reach deals with distributors like YouTube TV, where they struggle to maintain some sort of foothold. So what has been glaring holes in the uh, company's revenue, the Amazon relief is actually going to put them in a really good spot to move forward. So even though it might not technically be called Bally's, that uh, Amazon's going to swoop in and save the day, and it will still be some version of of the Diamond Sports. That was just a little quick update to uh, a story that's kind of gone quiet here over the past couple of weeks or so. Uh, let's see here. One other thing I wanted to ask you guys. What? Why is the Pac-12, like, I, they're alive for two more years just because of the voting power that they have. But today, I read all these statements from the Pac-12 athletic or Pac-12 commissioner, the new one that's come in. And on top of saying, don't you worry, we're still going to operate the Pac-12 network, she also was quick to point out uh, aspects about talking about the future, like that there's there's no doubt in her mind that that they're going to remain relevant and have some sort of future when it comes to access to the college football playoff. And I just don't know where the, I, I don't know where the confidence comes from. Like she might as well have been that girl at the Mavericks game the other night, trying to dap up KD with the way that she was speaking. And, and why are we even listening to what the PAC 12 has to say right now? Like they're not a thing in my opinion. And to hear her, Teresa Gould, basically speak like we're we're going to have a place at the table beyond two years with what? With what? Raiding the Mountain West? Like that does not mean that you have a place at the table. You're just like everyone else. You're going to have your one spot that's going to be added from G5 access. I, I don't know why this is still a thing and we're taking any of this stuff seriously. Is it because it's a circus at this stage with everything that's happened to the Pac-12 and the fact that it's currently a two-team conference? Because the reality is, until they, what's the minimum number eight? Yes. You have zero voting power if you don't have at least eight members. So they can say that they are something all they want. The reality is they're not. And like you said, if they invade someone else, they're not really the Pac-12, right? They they would just become the the Mountain West. Yeah. If they invade the mountain, you know what I mean? Like they're they're not going to, in any way, shape, or form, return to quote unquote major power conference status, and they're going to be lumped in with everyone else of the quote G5 in terms of competing for one spot. It was just weird. It was weird because she didn't come out and say this, but the way that she was talking and reading between the lines, it was just like almost in a weird way like she was offended that the Pac-12 wasn't brought up for also having guaranteed spots inside of the whatever future version of the college football playoff is like, She clearly doesn't even understand the rules, right? I, I'm like, I don't really know. I, th- I think she does. From everything that I've read, she's 
she's very involved and and has had a place in collegiate athletics for a while. But I right now I think that she's just speaking into the zeitgeist, trying to prop up two universities that just want to hear something positive right now. Like, but but I don't know what that gets you. I I, I really don't. I was like, yeah, you're a glorified Mountain West member. I'm, okay, sure, sure thing. I mean, the three of us deserve a spot in the college football playoff. If if we're going to go that route, like, we can say it all we want. It doesn't make it true. I'll take the AQ money right now. Give it That's to right. me. That's right. Absolutely. Us the three of us will compete against Georgia and Alabama, play three on 11, and we deserve to be there because we said so. Not because we meet any of the standards, but why not? Are you uh... – are you a little bit surprised that the top two teams now would come from the Big Ten and SEC? And isn't that a little bit of weird leverage for them to use? Like, I would much rather have four compared to the bye. Like, I, I think I would I rather know. have four than the bye as well. So I, I think they probably just assume that they're going to still get at large opportunities. And this guarantees, you know, existence in at least the second round of the playoff. So I, I don't know. I, I, I don't think I would leverage my fourth AQ for that. Cause you're probably going to get that anyway. You, you already operate under the perspective that your champion has had to go through a tougher path than anyone else's champion. Mm-hmm. And you were probably going to be viewed as the top two spots anyway. So yeah, to well, me, that, that doesn't seem like it would be a good trade for the SEC and the Big Ten. But here's the most important point, and I think Stuart Mandel nails it on this, and I agree with him maybe like 40% of the time on the stuff that he says. But he he said Big Ten and SEC threatening to undermine the credibility entirely for something they don't need and which will not make them any extra money is beyond bizarre. We don't know the money thing for a fact yet, but – the point I agree with him is he said it's almost as if one of the two commissioners is a former TV executive who views this event solely as a TV product rather than a competitive tournament. Yes, yes, that's what it is. It's yeah. a TV product. Yeah. It, and it and it's going to be that way moving forward. All right, we're out of time. I believe the Mike Boynton Coaches Show comes up next year on the Blitz 1170. We'll hear from the head coach of the Oklahoma State Cowboys right here on your home for the Pokes, the Blitz 1170. Everyone have a great night. We'll see you back here tomorrow at 3.